Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Friday, 2nd February 2024. Our bit today comes from Psalm 127, verse 1a, which says, Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Then it was Friday, and the shouts of TGIF, thank God it's Friday, went up all over the world. And in my area, a cloudy sunshine overs over the land. But it's sunshine enough to raise one spirit and decrease the winter blast. <laughs> and today, I want to look at a short psalm, but one nevertheless filled with several things of great concern to us in these evil and ungodly times. It's Psalm 127, titled, Laboring in Vain. It's one of the 15 Psalms called a song of degrees or a song of accents, songs that the pilgrims of Israel sang on their thrice yearly visits up to Jerusalem to celebrate the three great Jewish feasts of Pentecost, Passover, and Tabernacles. Now, it seems like this psalm was written by Cousin Saul, for it says, A Song of Degrees for or of Solomon. And if one think, thinks back to Cousin Saul's preaching in Ecclesiastes about all his vanity and futility, this psalm fits in very nicely to that mold. However, enough talk. Let's read it together. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep or guards the city, the watchman wake it, but that means stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man or a warrior, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. There it is, friends, short but sweet and informative. Psalm 127 verses 1 to 5. And the scholars explain it very well. They say the principle of this psalm is that all human efforts are in vain unless they have God's blessing. This principle is applied to four areas. Building a house, verse 1a. Guarding a city, verse 1b. Working long hours, verse 2. And having children, verses 3 to 5. It is possible to accomplish all of these things without God's blessing. But it is not possible to accomplish them purposefully and with eternal value without God's blessing. The psalm includes, incidentally, two practical reasons for having children. They bring you joy and they protect you. And that comes from verse 5. 
and that's certainly two good reasons for having children. Although, unfortunately, in these tragic times, many children don't bring their parents joy or protect them. Instead, they make their lives a living hell with their devilish, diabolical scenarios and sometimes even fight them both physically and emotionally. In the last little while, there's even been a, an upsurge in children killing their parents. These are indeed sad times, my people, so much so that many couples don't want children because they find them a hindrance and a burden they are not willing to bear. Thus, negating the words of God when he created man and woman, the Bible tells us, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And that comes from Genesis 1.28. And obviously, there are all sorts of contentions about those words between religions, denominations, sex, sex, S-E-C-T-S, etc., etc. But one thing is abundantly clear. If we don't have children, the human race will eventually die out, become like the dodo bird that's extinct. But getting back to the original scenario, that's doing things purposefully and with lasting values without God's blessings. It's also true, doing stuff in this world is not easy. It never was and never will be. And to have the energy, courage, peace of mind, and all the other things necessary to do stuff like build a house, work successfully at a job, and have a loving family requires a strong and solid input of Almighty God. Otherwise, we'll be plagued with setbacks and problems that will produce so much doubt and worry that we won't be able to accomplish our goal or goals. Yes, friends, without the Lord's involvement in our plans, they will all be futile. So, working yourself to the bone to amass earthly wealth is not advisable because more likely than not, you eventually get sick and drop down or miss the growth of your children, lose your spouse through neglect and end up alone, broken and lonely. And I believe these words of Cousin Saul's from Ecclesiastes, where he talks about rejoicing in your labor cover the whole situation very nicely. He writes, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely or fitting for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor, that's his toil, that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion, his heritage. Every man also to whom God had given riches and dwelt and wealth and had given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion that's receive his heritage and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God for he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answered him in the joy of his heart. 
That comes from Ecclesiastes 5, 18 to 20. And do I ever like that last statement? Because it's exactly where God answers us, in the joy of our hearts. When we do his will, he gives us heartfelt joy. And what could be better than that? Eh? Nothing. For all the trials and tribulations of the world fade away when the joy of God fills our heart. And as the scholars say, enjoyment is a gift of God, and man should be motivated by the brevity of his own life to experience it. Yes, my fellow believers, it's a tough world to live and labor in. But when we do it in God's name and faithfulness, then we don't particularly notice the difficulties because with God in our lives, they are minimized and soon forgotten. Therefore, it only makes sense not to try to do anything in this world without God's help. Consequently, let's go to him right now through our Friday chant, asking for divine help in these ungodly and turbulent times. Altogether now, O oh Lord, thanks for getting me safely through this past week. You know it's been rough because our many serious problems are escalating instead of improving. And it's obvious we can't fix them on our own. So Lord, we are desperately crying out for your help. O oh Heavenly Father, with your omnipotent help, and our trusting faith, we know that we can stand strong and steadfast and defeat the simmering unrest in our land. We therefore ask you, yes, Lord, we ask you to give our leaders the wise guidance to handle these unexpected storms properly. And please, please help the rest of us to be responsible and to stay safe amidst all the anxiety and confusion of these ungodly times. We fervently pray to Lord that you'll use the discontent and dissatisfaction in our land as a means of restoring faith in you. Return backsliders to your fold. Show them the error of their ways. And please, please introduce a new flock of believers who will embrace your love and compassion by the example that we, your faithful believers, set, so that our sinful world can wake up and smell the coffee, wake up and smell it sweet and strong. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know what, friends? It's somewhat amusing to note that the answer to our problems begin with words from our own prayer meaning we will see divine help when we begin setting a good Christian example for the unbelievers around us. Nuff said, much love. And the postscript for today says, without God in our lives, all we do is vain and futile. And that's the gospel truth, my people. Whatever we do without God, won't work eventually or won't last. So please, let's get together, get wise, start living for Christ 
because it's the only good option we have in this evil and ungodly world. And we pray that we'll all get together right now and start living for Christ. We pray it in his strong and mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love.